This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. He died? And this is supposed to be a kid's movie? Today's feature presentation is Muppet Treasure Island from 1996. Katie, what is this one? It's Treasure Island, but with Muppets. Yeah, it's kind of what it says on the tin, isn't it? Uh, that I pulled history from this one. Um, so this film is an adaptation of the 1883 novel Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson, which is not surprising. Again, it is kind of what it says on the tin. Um, this is the fifth theatrical film from the Muppets franchise. And in what I was seeing, it kind of implied that this is basically like a follow-up not a sequel but like the follow-up to the muppet christmas carol so these kind of go hand in hand so whenever we get around to watching that one we'll have to remember that this one comes kind of right after it in the chronology um one of the fun facts i saw from the history was they had about a hundred different actors audition for the role of jim hawkins and it ended up going to kevin bishop who happened to be the very first audition of the entire process so they started on a good note and then they just went through a hundred other actors and then they came back to the first guy. They're like, yeah, this is the kid. We'll go with him. Um, that was funny. Uh, Hans Zimmer did the instrumental score and then the musical numbers in the movie were written by Barry Mann and Cynthia Well or Wheel. Sorry, I think it's Wheel. Um, it received generally good reviews from critics and it grossed uh, 35, $34 million on a budget of $31 million. So it was a success. Um, the Walt Disney Company later went on to acquire the Muppet franchise in 2004, but this is before that. So this is like a partnership movie and not like an after the acquisition movie. What do you think of this one, Katie? Um, I don't know why I was surprised that it was a musical because I was when they started singing. I was like, oh, this yeah. is a musical. No, me too. I didn't realize that at all. The first like musical number that kicked it off. I was like, oh, OK, we're starting with singing, I guess interesting um the other kind of high level thought for me overall was that the muppet jokes just didn't really land for me but the muppet characters worked as characters which is kind of like a fine distinction but the more i watched this movie the more i kept coming back to that where i was like oh i like them as characters i don't actually like their humor uh and that kind of gets in the moments so i had a couple things that i want to call out um but not a ton just because like it like like we said up top it's treasure island but the muppets are characters in it um one of the things that i liked a lot was polly because polly is not a parrot in this one polly is a lobster it's a talking lobster and i like that a lot <laughs> about it uh polly was fun and then um some of the songs i like too so sailing for adventure on the deep blue sea was a pretty good song and then also the cabin fever song was really good i liked that one a lot um and then the other thing is the again and i'm just like jumping all the way to the end here because a lot of it is just kind of treasure island um but the there's a fight scene at the end and it was fun especially the part where kermit is like flipping through the air and doing stuff i was just impressed for the puppetry that they managed to do with that one it's the muppets are great like they've always done really well with how many different types of movies that they can put them in or situations and then they do like the puppetry is pretty fantastic always yeah, I thought so. Anything else jump out to you from this one? Um, I like how what they did was they do this like nice even mixture between like people and puppets, right? Yeah, yeah. So they always have the Muppets in some sort of like supporting character role. They did that in the Muppet Christmas Carol um, where they had Kermit sort of played a main character and then all the rest of them, the major main characters were 
people. And they did the same thing in this one where, you know, the little kid, he's the main character. And then he has, you know, his two companions, which, which are Muppets. And then you have Kermit playing a lead role with lots of supporting Muppets. And then the main villain is also a person. Yeah. Too. So also totally forgot that Tim Curry was in this movie. Yeah, me too. That one caught me by surprise as well. Apparently, the critics didn't find his role to be that great. They found it a little lackluster from what I read. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know what they were expecting. <laughs> yeah. He, he kind of, he is what he is. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, that gets us into the bad and the good pretty quick this time, just because, you know, it is, it's Treasure Island. Like, it is what it is. Um, The bad for this one, the main thing for me is just the jokes didn't land very often. But that was really my only complaint. Like, I just didn't love the Muppets humor. Everything else in the movie kind of worked for me. How about you? I wonder if, like, the Muppet humor is just... It's time. Like, it's 1996, but it's also supposed to be Treasure Island time. So just the jokes just aren't great. I don't know. I didn't really have anything bad about the movie. I wonder, too. We'll have to keep that in mind because... Wasn't there a Muppet movie that came out within the last like couple years here, like during COVID? So we'll get a more recent one at some point as we catch up to modern day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to keep that in mind. The the good though, uh, the movie has really good pacing. It's like continually moving forward at a pretty good clip. So I just kind of like I started it and I was engaged all the way to the end. Um, and then the other thing was like all of the the Muppet character creation. I just like love seeing Jim Henson's Creature Shop do muppets and like create new characters create new actors even though a lot of them are reused obviously because it's the muppets and that's what they do but I, I just love seeing like what they come up with and the different ways that they interpret those characters and then all of the muppet acting was really well done again they worked for me for everything except for the humor part of the muppets it is interesting that they can take you know a character like say beaker right who doesn't talk yeah. and his companion that's always with him all the time. Um, And they put them in different situations and they just fit every single time, even though like they're supposed to be sciencey, like scientists. That's our normal role, but they stick them, you know, on a ship somewhere and they just fit. Yeah. They just kind of make them work. Yeah. So they do a really great job of being able to fit the Muppets into pretty much any situation and make it seem as if they should have always been there yeah um but yeah the action scenes were really good like they did a great job with all the puppetry and then like kermit's fight scene at the end i thought so too so would you watch it again maybe i think yes i think this one's a yes for me i was kind of surprised by how much i liked it um not like the best movie of the year that we've watched but surprisingly better than i was expecting um i'd watch it again um if you guys are watching along with us what we have coming up next we're going to do the apple dumpling gang from 1975 uh the rookie from 2002 the many adventures of winnie the pooh the animated one from 1977 and i think this is one of our last like anthology films i think it's actually a bunch of like shorter clips or not clips but stories within it um Mm -hmm. and then christopher robin from 2018 so that's kind of the next couple we have coming up don't forget, we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, the Geekery blog and articles, all that and more at geekgeekmedia.com. Which brings us to Weekly Geekery. Katie, what's new with you? Well, if it has been totally obvious that I am extremely tired. <laughs> You're dragging a little bit. I'm dragging a lot because I actually, for the last week, I was in India 
um, on a business trip. And it's been rough transitioning back. Like I got home on Saturday, but oh, your body has no idea what time it is, right? No, I has no idea. Like <laughs> I'm exhausted, but like I also can't sleep. So it's been really difficult to just exist. Um, but yeah, India was interesting. Um, I was in Bangalore, um, which is. I don't I don't even know where to begin. It's the most interesting mashup because it's their like Silicon Valley, basically. Like there's tons of startups, a lot of tech, but also nestled deep within just impossible mind blowing poverty. It's really interesting and just sad. I don't know. Um I mean from everything you've told me kinda out of the podcast it sounds like it was a good trip for you overall and you got to see a lot of different things and kind of get exposed to new cultures and different areas and aspects and all that yeah i learned a lot about how like the business culture is in india and then also the people there are just they're overwhelmingly nice all of them are um we also had some interesting experiences so on the first day we got there which was probably a I'm still debating on whether or not it was a good or a bad idea. So we flew. The flight there is very long. It takes like it's pretty much a whole day of travel Um, because it's 15 and a half hours. So you can't fly to India directly. We had to fly to Dubai. So it's 15 and a half hours away. And then after that, it's another three to four hours to Bangalore so from much. Dubai. Yeah. And so like if you calculate in all the time you waited in the airport and stuff, it ends up being like a 24 hour trip. But you're also going through multiple time zones. So your body has no idea what time it is. Yep. Um, We went to when we got we basically landed in Bangalore around three in the morning. Went through immigration customs, got our luggage, got into the car service that was going to take us to the hotel. And then by the time we got to the hotel, it was like five in the morning. And we had decided to do sightseeing that day. But we were going to go somewhere that was three hours away from where we were. Do you see where we're already making mistakes here? (laughs) So we were going to get picked up at like seven because traffic is on a whole different level in India. And so we get into the car, we drive out to this place called Mysore, which is uh, used to be a kingdom, pretty much. So they have these massive palaces there. Also, Mysore is well known for having um, silk fabrics. So and everything there is not expensive. It's very inexpensive. And sandalwood, everything like sandalwood figurines, incense, oils, you can get everything um, sandalwood there. And it's like the best place to get it is from there. So it took us three hours to get there, but then it took almost five hours to get home wow. due to traffic. Um, And I have never in my life experienced traffic the way I have in India, where there's like no rules and it works. That's the weird thing. Like lanes are a suggestion there. So are stoplights. Those are also a suggestion. Um, And like the traffic there is caused by people constantly jostling for position. 
because you have scooters, you have motorized rickshaws, so like the three-wheeled um, things, and then you have trucks and cars, um, all trying to get to the same place at the same time, and all trying to go around each other at the same time. So the the dashed line that would separate lanes, that's just another lane. <laughs> yep. We were... Like, and it just works. Like, there was one intersection we went through every single day on the way to the office where there's no streetlights. So when you want to make that left turn, like the right turn out of there, you just pull out into the middle of traffic and everyone just stops and you just go. That's so it's different. But hey, if that's the way it works there and it works, it's and the thing is, is like it's constant overstimulation. Like I could, I was so excited to walk out of the airport in L.A., and not hear anyone honking their horn. Sure. Because they honk their horn constantly there for everything. I'm coming up on your side. I'm behind you. Move over. You're going too slow. I need to go faster. Like for everything. Honk, 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 honk. And everyone's honking their horn constantly. It's just noisy. <laughs> Always. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Glad you made it back okay. Um, you know, we're both kind of dragging. This is, uh, I've been working too much, and then you were in India, and we had a little yeah. bit of a hiatus there that we weren't planning on. But we're back nope. now, hopefully, yes. uh, till we take our normal holiday break. Um, but we have a couple months here first. Mm-hmm. Weekly Geekery for me this week, uh, I want to call it really quick, because I know you haven't gotten to catch up because you've been in India, but Andor is so good as a Star yes. Wars show. It's incredible. Like... I'm not going to go into spoiler details. So as of us recording this, we are through the first six episodes, which is kind of set up as I'm going to talk about some structural things and some thematic things, but I'm not going to actually give you plot points because I don't want to spoil you. I want your opinion later. Um, But the first six episodes are set up as like two sets of trilogies, basically. So the first three episodes go together. The second three episodes go together. Um, And I don't know if that's going to continue throughout the rest of it. Um, based on some of the things i've seen about the way the creative team and directors change i kind of think they play with that structure later but so far the first three episodes or the first six episodes are a trilogy and a trilogy and it took until i i I could tell they were doing something different and i was interested in the first episode and the second episode but by the time i finished that third episode i was hooked and i was like i love this this might be one of my favorite star wars things if not my favorite star wars thing just because it's like so different but the thematic pieces here are like it's a spy story. It's a political thriller. Um, it's it's truly about rebellion, but it's also about like characters and motivation. And it's the first Star Wars movie where like the acting matters so much. Like so many of the other Star Wars shows, it's much more about like the action adventure aspect. And this is not an action adventure show. This is a show about all the other things, about you know, being a spy, being in the rebellion, like all the the thematic undertones of like what it means to live under imperial rule and all of the like downstream consequences of that and i just i absolutely love what they're doing i'm so excited to see more of it this is probably my favorite show of the entire year that i've seen and i can't wait to kind of get to the second half of the season i i really want to watch it because uh rogue one was probably is probably my favorite star wars movie ever um which is where this show is building up to and also Diego Luna. You can't go wrong there. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. He's amazing. And I'm glad that more people get to experience his acting ability and how cute he is, too. 
Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, that's probably it for today. Katie needs to sleep, and I also need to sleep for different reasons. Uh, but you guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is DisneyForeverPodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. You can also talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or our Discord server. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? Well, I mean, you just said that there was more modern day uh, Muppet movies, so we have to watch those. Thank you.